Well, let's look again at Romans 15, 13. <clears throat> uh, we've been in a series called The Source of Hope, and um, I'm going to continue on that specific vein of that tonight. You know, any topic in the Bible, you can spend so much time just covering, and you know, we'd, we'd uh, endeavor to cover what we need to cover and then move on when we need to move on, but there's so much in the Word of God. Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You have the, yeah, the New King James and hope. I may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the New Living Translation, says, I pray that God, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. You have the NLT? We'll skip to the NIV if that's what you have. But What's the next one you have? That's an, okay. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we've covered, God is the author of hope. God is the source of hope. There are many, um, there are many places people go to obtain hope. They may have you know, a podcast that they listen to that's just you know, natural. There's nothing wrong with listening to things that that uh, speak to us naturally, but they can't be our ultimate source. They can't be what you put your trust and your faith and your hope in because those things will fail you. But God is the ultimate source, the true source of hope. He is the God of all creation. And as we've covered, hope in the Bible, it means expectation. It doesn't mean just wishing. It means expectation. So the source of our expectation, the source of what we expect in life, we're talking about when you talk about uh, hope here and expectation, it's of good. So it's not of bad. So your, your expectation of good things, of success, of good outcomes in life, ultimately it needs to be based on God. You know, that's not my opinion. The Bible says he's the source of hope. So it's, you know, the world that we live in now, it's like, well, God's an optional thing in your life. No, God is the creator. He's the one that set everything up. He made the rules. He's not advising us like this is a suggestion. He made the universe. He made us. The laws that govern everything we know, he created. So when the Bible says he's the source of hope, he is the source of hope. There is no other. Now people can try to, to, to gravitate and pull things from natural sources, but also ultimately he's the source. He is the source. He is the source. He is the source. He is the source. Every... every you can emphasize every part of it. God, God's word is true. And people have opinions, and you got to watch opinions. Uh, you don't go by my opinion, anybody else that preaches opinion. We need to bring it back to what the word says, because that's what's going to bring you through. It's not what I say, it's not what somebody else says, 
that can fail you if it's not on based on the word. If it's just somebody's idea, then it's no different than just you know a natural secular book. You know, somebody has some idea and writes a bunch of ideas in a book, and then somebody, a bunch of people follow them, and well, they have the truth. Well, if it's not based on the word of God, it's it's not the truth. And it will fail. There will be cracks in it somewhere, even if it's mostly biblical, if it's not all biblical as far as it's got some ideas that just clearly aren't with the Word, those will fail. So we need to to base what we believe on the Word of God. God's right, and so we need to just agree with Him. It it saves us a whole lot of time if we just agree with Him. If we just jump to to the, the, the end and just say, you know what? I know how this is going to end. I know God's right. So right at the beginning, might as well just agree with Him. Agree agree with God early. Go to God first. He's not the last resort. He is the first place we go. We have an issue. We have a, a pressure. We have a problem. Don't start running around to see what everybody else says. Go to God, see what He says, and do what He says, because He's right. He didn't leave anything out that we need in the Word. The Word covers everything that we need, and by the Word and through His Spirit that's living within us, He can get us through anything. He's got the answer. He knows what it is. He knows what needs to be done. He knows how to get over. He knows how to deal with you and me. You know, he He knows where we're at, and so if we'll just trust Him, then he'll get us where we need to go. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our, our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope, our expectation, our expectation of good, our Jesus is, he is our hope. And so we can expect good in him. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2 tonight. <clears throat> It says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Notice verse 3. It says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Your patience of hope. In the the NASB, it says, constantly keeping in mind your work of faith and labor of love and perseverance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God in, in, and uh, Father. It says perseverance of hope. Patience of hope, perseverance of hope. In the CEV it says, we tell God our Father about your faith and loving work and about your firm hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's talking about expectation, the, 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 the hope in Jesus Christ, but this applies hope in, in God in general. Yes, we are hoping uh, in Jesus Christ our Lord, 
uh, knowing our, our election by God, but this, this applies to biblical hope across the board. Notice what it's saying, the patience of hope, perseverance of hope. Here it says, your firm hope. Notice we're talking about a solidity of hope. In other words, it's not moving. It's a hope, but it's not like this. It's patient. In other words, it, it keeps going. It's persevering. It's firm. Something's firm means it doesn't move easily. Let's look at the Amplified Classic. I see I have two of them marked that. I hope you figured out which one's which. I'll, I'll, I have two of them labeled wrong, so one of them is not the Amplified Classic. It says, as we, uh, verse 3, this is the Amplified, I'll just read it there. Can you put up the Amplified Classic? Verse 3. I must have had the wrong, let's see, unwavering hope. Okay. Recalling unceasingly before our God and Father, your work energized by faith and service motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Notice it says unwavering hope unwavering, firm, unwavering, persevering. In the, the Living Bible, the Living Bible, it says, we never forget your loving deeds as we talk to our God and Father about you your, and your strong faith and steady looking forward to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the way that says it. The steady looking forward. What's looking forward? You're expecting, you're hoping, but it's steady. So see, we're talking about patience, being patient in hope. Being patient, being steady, being enduring, being unwavering, being firm in our hope. Doesn't go up and down, doesn't change doesn't wane. Look at Romans 8, verse 18. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Notice that, that this is, go back to the, the verse we were just on, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Side Side note, the, what we go through on this earth, notice what it says. The sufferings of this present time, because there are sufferings. You're, suffering, you're not suffering things that Jesus redeemed us from, but serving God, there can be sufferings. You're putting your flesh down. You're doing what maybe you don't want to do, but what he said to do. There can be persecution. There can be things coming against you because we have an enemy, and we're pushing through on this earth. But notice it says, those sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, the things that we, we encounter, that the sufferings in this earth, they're not even worth talking about, not worthy to be compared with what's coming, what we're going to experience in the future realm. When we look back on what we did in this earth, uh, anything that we endured for Christ, it's going to be like, eh, that was nothing compared to 
the glory that's revealed in us and what, uh, when we see fully who God is, what the cause was, what we were doing. We're, number one, we're going to put it all at Jesus' feet. We're going to say, Lord, I did it for you. I, you're going to see how clearly that it was worth every, everything that we did. It was completely worth it. And we'll look at the suffering and say, that's not even worth talking about because of where we are. It's not worth uh, focusing on. Let's read 18 and then we'll go to 19. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 20, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Verse 24, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If we hope for what or expect what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it, with perseverance, with steadfastness, with endurance. We're hoping, we're expecting, but we're not moving. We're eagerly waiting, but we're staying firm while, while we do that. In the Amplified, verse 25 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we, eag we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. We wait for it with we wait eagerly for it, so it's not just waiting, you know, doing nothing. We're waiting eagerly for what we do not see. Notice, what we do not see, it's not in front of you because it just said in verse 24, why would you hope for something that you do see? So we're, we're hoping, we're expecting, as we're talking about walking in this earth, as we're talking about the challenges that we face on this earth, we are hoping for what we don't yet see, but notice... Verse 25, the end of that in the Amplified says, We wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Do you know there's patience? Patience has something to do with what we receive from God. Patience has something to do with hope. It has something to do with expectation. Because if you just hope for a little bit, you know if your hope expectation lasts two minutes and what you need doesn't show up in two minutes and you don't see it yet and you don't have any patience then even though it's God's will even though God wants you to have it even though it's on its way if you don't have any patience or any composure and you give up then even though it's God's will for you to have it you can miss it so these things work together. Enduring hope. Firm hope. 
persevering hope. These are all things that, that describe uh, the way we ought to expect when we're talking about the Word. Look at the Young's literal translation. Verse 25 says, And if we do not behold what we hope for, in other words, we don't see it, through continuance we expect it. Through continuance, you just continue on. That, you just keep going. You're, you're, you're firm in your expectation. You're unwavering in your expectation. You don't change just because you don't see it. Because like it said in, in Romans 8 and uh, 24, it says, why do you still hope for one something uh, that you see. In other words, you're not expecting something once you see it. So in between the time that you're releasing faith and the time you see something, then we need to have patience. That's what you need to have. Their patience has something to do with it. In other words, we can miss God without patience. And just because something's in the Word and just because we've heard it preached and just because we, we believe it, we have to stay in a mode of expectation and in a mode we have to be patient in order to receive because if we don't see and we let go, then it can be out there, it can be coming. God's will is for us to have it, but... There are challenges on this earth. There are pushback. You know, Satan, Satan will try to keep things from you. He can't stop it. But if we give in and don't be patient, we can stop it. So if he can get you to give before you see, then you, you can miss out even though there's no way he can stop it. But he can try to hinder. He does control some things on this earth, but he cannot win unless we give, give in. He cannot. He's not, that, he's not that big. He's not that strong. But if, we'll, if we give in, if we, our patience isn't unwavering, if our, our hope isn't unwavering, we're not patient, and we don't, uh, approach these things with patience and composure. I'm not saying we, we walk everything perfect uh, all the time. Don't, don't make it, you know, something that can apply to us. By God's strength, then we can hold out. The Bible's telling us what to do. So we don't say, don't look at it in your own strength, say, well, I surely can't do that. Don't say that. Agree with the Word and say, if God said it, I can do it, then He'll give me the strength to do it. I can do it. I can hold not in my own strength. See, you may have given out already. In your strength, you're given out. But in God's strength, and if He told us to have patience, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the recreated Spirit. So if we're born again, then we have what it takes to do what God said and to receive everything that He promised. We have it. Everybody say, I have it. I'm able to do it. And say, I'll receive everything that God has provided for me. I will. I am patient. I do have hope. I do have expectation. And my expectation will not give out. It will hold because I trust the Lord. And He's able to put me over every time.
Praise God. Hebrews 6, verse 11. It says, We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. We're going to read the next verse, but here it says, We desire that you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope or expectation until the end. You know, it's easy to start well, but it's about how we finish. It's about that in life. You know, you don't want to start out believing God and trusting God, and then at the end of your life, start giving in and start going off, not trusting Him, start letting the devil, you know, mess with your life and start going down. That's not a strong finish. We don't want to let the devil have any testimony in our future life, in the, future, in the lives of people that we love, whether it be our children or grandchildren or, you know, brothers, sisters, uh, friends, whatever. We don't want our testimony to be, well, they started well, but man, they, they, they were a train wreck at the end. We want to finish strong. It's, it's in life and it's in every situation. There are phases, there are seasons in your life, there are challenges in your life that you go through that you believe in God and you come through and there it is. You, you have what you're believing for. During that time, you want to finish strong. Finish that round strong. Finish that season strong where you came through and you, came, you, you believed God and you stayed steady. Doesn't mean we won't be pressed. Don't, want, don't mean we won't be tempted. But if you don't quit, then we'll get what God has promised. Amen. Just stay. The devil say there's no use. You don't see anything. Just give it up now. Quit. He is a liar. And what he's trying to do is get you to let go of what God is doing. And, instead, and he knows he can't stop it. But if he can get you to get off it, he can defeat you. So what do we need? We need patience. When do you need patience? When something is taking longer than you want it to take. Is that true? Do you need patience when, well, boom, there it is. You know, you look at your phone, but it opened up. You're not thinking, oh man, I need to have patience, it's there. But when you try to go and hit a website or something and it's not happening, you know, you're in a bad area and it's like, Nah, forget it. I mean, that might be two seconds because you're used to it being a quarter of a second. That's really pathetic. I mean, the big scheme of things, but we're all done it. You know, it's like, and, and, and like 10 years ago, it would have been like blazing fast. You would have thought this was really fast, but now you're so used to it. Just no, it's got to be there. Well, no, when you need patience when something takes longer. Uh, you don't want to stop and go out of patience mode and go out of expecting mode just because you don't see something when you think it should show up. Did you hear me? When something, you think it should show up and it's not there. That's not the time to go, it's not working, what's going on, and just forget it. That, no, that's, that's not patience. That's not going to get us to where we need to go. Look at uh, James 5, 7. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. 
See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He's using this example about the farmer waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives everything it needs, the, the uh, early and the latter rain. But given the image of a farmer waiting until the crop comes up, until the crop is ready, until what, what he sowed is coming in. And, and it would be silly for him to go out when it's not time for the crop to come up and get mad and say, forget it. Crop's never going to come up. I'm done. And just leave all that, whatever the crop was, to rot. You're not going to water it anymore. Not going to wait. Not going to tend to it. Because after all, you know, it didn't come up when he thought it should. Well, generally... You know, they, the farmer would know about the timing, and so that's probably not going to happen in that case, but it would certainly be foolish for him just to, to abandon the crop. Well, in, in our cases, a lot of times, it's not so clear when something should happen, and so when it doesn't happen when we think it should, that's when our patience is tested. That's when your trust is tested. If it just happened when you thought it should or earlier, there'd be no problem all the time. And if it were that easy, then everybody would receive from God all the time. But we have an enemy and we have uh, fallen conditions on this earth. Again, he cannot stop you. But you will be pushed. He will test you, try to get you to see if you believe what you say you believe. The Bible says you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. It doesn't say you won't be tested. God's not doing the testing, but we are in a fallen world, and we are children of God, and we have authority. And if we say we believe the Word, and we trust the Word, and we have authority in the Word, it is fair game for the enemy in this world to try to challenge you on it. What should our response be? I'm going to win anyway. No, it's true, and I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to win. But he's, if he challenges you, what happens is it, it tries to push you to say, all right, what's going on, and to drop it. You, we are not exempt from a challenge. Did I lose somebody? I know we don't like that, but we live in a fallen world. And he said, well, I, it, just think of the mentality. If we think we should never be challenged on this earth by the enemy... Do we really believe we have authority or not? Because what would it matter if he challenged us if we know we're going to win? Think about it. If you're on a ball field, I mean, if you put, uh, you know, name your team uh, in, in football, if you put them on the field, a professional team, against, you know, a bunch of 7th, 8th graders, the 7th, 8th graders can challenge that team all day. And if if, they're at, if an NFL team is actually good or a college-level team or whatever, it's not bothering them, is it? They're not bothered. They're not like, well, what are you doing? You can't, I didn't, you, can't run, you can't run at us. I mean, that would be laughable. 
you know, these 200, 300 pound guys are, you know, and then this little, however, you know, there might be some big boys at seventh and eighth grade, but they're not going to outweigh the, the professionals. If they were like, no, you can't do that, be like, wait a minute. Are you guys who we think you are or not? You're scared of these guys? Now, we're all, we can take you out any time until they line up in the seventh, eighth grade. like, we're going to take you out. If they were folding, then you, something's wrong, right? There is something wrong. They don't really believe it or they're, they got, they're, they're get freezing up. I don't know. But with us, we're in this earth. We are called children of Almighty God. He's told us what what he's promised us in his word, that we have victory every time. The enemy is, even though he's defeated, even though he has no authority, is going to try to make you think he can do something. And if our reaction is, well, forget this, I, I can't do this, then we just did the exact same thing. It's actually a worse, uh, a more imbalanced matchup than what I described with a professional team against uh, you know, a, a middle school team, if we actually believe that we have God Almighty on the inside of us, and then Satan tries to come against us, if we could see in the spiritual realm, we would say, there is no challenge here whatsoever. But see, you don't see like that. You see in the natural, and you can look and say, if you're going by the natural, it can look like you're done. And that's what the enemy wants you to believe. You're done. So what do you, you have to endure you have to persevere. You have to have some patience to go over. Did I ever, I don't think we ever read the second part of Hebrews 6, I don't think we read 6 verse 12, did we? Let's go back there, because that was critical, we want to read that. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, 6 verse 11, then I'll read 12. It says, And when we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through, through faith and, and what? And patience. Through faith and patience. That means you believe, but you just keep believing. You have a firm faith. And if you believe something like we've talked about, you're expecting something, so your hope is unwavering. Your hope doesn't move. Your hope is firm. And it's firm even if you don't see something when you think you should see it. See, if, if, if it doesn't show up when we think it should show up, then we can be tempted to back off. That's exactly when we need patience. So next time something's pushing on you and the thought is, well, where is it? We should kick in to, well, hey, we know it's, that we're supposed to have patience. This is when I need patience is when it doesn't, it looks like it's taking longer. That's exactly when I need to do it. You know, Shelly won't mind me telling this, I don't think. But um, <laughs> I'll find out afterwards and I'll clean up the mess. But now when Julia, when she was pregnant with Julia, which is number four, did every one of the first three come early? Or right on or early, right? Brianna was on. Andrew was a week early. And Christina was right on. So, so when, we went, when she was pregnant with Julia, she 
kind of got it. She, she kind of started expecting Julia's going to come on or early and could come pretty early because she's the last one. I've already had three of them. And she, you know, if anything, we're going to hit the due date. Not going to go past the due date. I haven't had a child that's, that's hit the due date, you know, after the due date yet. So three weeks before the due date, she started having contractions. And she knows what they feel like. She knows the difference between real contractions and not, and, you know, fake contractions. She's had three children. So it's not like first time and she's going to the hospital and doesn't know. She, she's starting to have contractions. So she's thinking, she's, this baby's probably going to come extra early. Number four, have a gift. <laughs> done my due diligence and baby's going to come early and we're going to be all done. That was three weeks before due date. So then we got to two weeks before the due date. Then we got to one week before the due date. Then we hit the due date. And no baby Julia. And so Julia ended up being born one week after the due date. And so in, in, in Shelly's mind, when she started having those contractions, she's thinking any day now, three weeks before the due date, so now from that point to when Julia was actually born was four weeks. So she, by that point, she is in any time now, this baby is going to be delivered. And so by the time Julia was delivered, Shelly was done. <laughs> I, I did witness that part. She wasn't mad or anything, but she was just like, I was so ready for this baby to come out. And this hasn't happened to me before where it was after. Now, of course, she's not going to, you know, in that scenario, scenario, you're not going to give up or anything like that. But when you think about it, Julia is going to come when Julia is ready to come. And at that point, Shelly has, has to exercise patience. Now, I know I'm walking along. I'm not going to get in. I've never had a baby. Not even saying anything about that. No, I'm not, not going there. But... Shelly had to exercise patience at that point because it just wasn't the time that Julia's going to come. And she was expecting something. She got into where she's expecting. She was expecting the whole time Julia's going to come at some point, but now got expecting where it should come early. And see, so that's the way we can get is we expect something to come at a certain time, and if we're not careful, now if time goes on, See, it's real obvious in this situation, like the baby's going to come. One way or another, the baby's going to come. Well, God's word is true. And what we believe for, it will come. But if we get suckered into thinking it's going to come at the wrong time, or it's not coming so God's not faithful, or it's just not working, then we can we're giving up our patience, we're letting our hope waver, we're not pushing forward, and in the, in, in the reality, it's coming. It's just that we're thinking it's coming here, and it's actually coming here, it's on its way. God's faithful. God's true. So when we start to feel, when we don't see, and there is a pressure, that's when we know, okay, I've been in faith, I've been expecting, I need to have some of that patience right now. I need to be unwavering right now. I need to be firm right now, until. I just stay until. And then as God's word comes to pass, then we say, okay, well, there it is. 
God was faithful. We don't let anything talk us out of what God has said. Look briefly, Hebrews 6, verse 13, it, it states this about Abraham. Abraham was literally waiting for his um, offspring to come to pass, and look what it says about him. Verse 13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise. Notice that. After he had patiently endured. Patiently endured. So you're enduring and you're doing it patiently, not wavering, staying steady, and then obtaining the promise. Amen. Amen. Verse, uh, we'll, we'll close with this. Galatians 6, verse 9. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. Why would it tell us not to grow weary while doing good if it was not possible to grow weary while doing good? Because, you know, if you're serving God, thank God He's good, but, you know, it's just you're never tempted to grow weary. It's just always sunny, shiny day all the time. No, we can believe that way, and we can speak that way, and we can walk through life that way. That doesn't mean you're not tempted. Otherwise, the Bible is just meaningless right here. It's saying, let us not grow weary in doing good. When you're doing good, you're doing what God told you to do. You're on the right track. You're believing. Don't grow weary because it says, for in due season... Everybody say, due season. That's, that's when it's going to show up, the right season. In due season, we shall reap if. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. What does that sound like? That's staying patient. That is enduring. That is staying firm, having firm hope. That is unwavering. It says, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Well, that must mean you could lose heart. That must mean you could lose your patience. What if you start losing your patience? What should you do? Say, oh, I blew it. Forget it. No, you say, Lord, I'm sorry, and get right back. Repent and get right back and say, I'm sorry, that was wrong. We're, we're, we're hooking right back up. And just stay there. Don't just say, ah, oh, forget it. Mess. No, just repent, get right back and say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. I thank you that your word's true. You never fail. And I'm overcoming. I believe that your word will never fail me. And what you said will occur. And in due season, I will reap. I'm not losing heart. I'm not growing impatient. I'm not going to let my hope fade. I believe you. Amen.